Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and on Hacking Your ADHD, I dig into the tools, strategies, and best practices that will help you work with your ADHD brain. I'm getting ready to head out to this year's International Conference on ADHD in Philadelphia later this week, and thought, what better way to get ready for my trip than putting together an episode on traveling with ADHD? ADHD loves novelty, and what could be more novel for an ADHD brain than going to a new place? While you might love the destination, getting there can be really hard for those of us with ADHD. The process of traveling someplace new takes a lot of work and a lot of attention to detail that can even escape neurotypicals. Recently, my wife was booking our tickets to go visit family during Thanksgiving. Except after she booked the tickets, she realized she booked them for the wrong weekend. Whoops! Well, fortunately, she caught it early, and it wasn't too hard to fix. But travel is a lot more than just booking tickets and getting to the airport on time. The entire process of getting out the door with all your bags to sitting and waiting for your plane to leave takes a lot of executive function and we can really find ourselves wiped out just thinking of everything we're going to need to do. With a little bit of planning ahead though, we can make traveling a lot easier on our ADHD brains. So I've come up with my top 7 tips for smoothing out your travel plans. And just a note here, most of these tips are going to be focused on traveling by plane, but can easily be applied to most other ways you can travel as well. But if you're one of those rare travelers that likes to go by hot air balloon, well I'm sorry. I don't have anything for you. Hopefully this list will help with any other form of travel. I'll be mentioning a lot of tools during this episode, and if you want to follow along with the show notes, go to hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash travel hacks. And let's start off here with number one, making a list and checking it twice. It's time to call forth your inner Santa Claus here. Having a packing list is essential when you have ADHD. Sometimes I like to pretend that I'll be able to get by without a packing list, but then I end up realizing that I forgot to pack something fairly essential, like socks or my laptop charging cord. Making a good packing list is hard, and it's even harder if you put it off until you start packing. My solution for this has been to create a template of my packing list that I can update for each trip. If you want to create your own packing list template and you'd like to use my packing list as an inspiration, you can go check the one I created out over on the show notes page. And that page again is hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash travel hacks. But you know what? We're probably still going to forget things when we're traveling. It's just bound to happen. But we can use those times as learning lessons and just add whatever we forgot to our packing list template so that next time we'll know to bring it with us. This technique can also be great if you find yourself constantly overpacking and not using a bunch of stuff you bring with you. Just make a note on your packing template that you didn't use a particular thing on your trip. I usually don't just straight delete it from the list, and I at least put an asterisk next to it so that next time I know that I should think twice before packing it. Along with my packing list, I also have a list of other things I need to make sure happen before I leave the house. This includes things like making sure that my devices are charged, that I don't have any food in the fridge that is going to rot by the time I get home, and to set up an online grocery order for when I get back or at least write up what my grocery list will be. And I also like making additional lists, like a list of all the bags that need to go into the car so we aren't leaving something at home on accident. And of course, I also have a list of things that need to be packed day of, like my wallet and my phone and my book that I was reading the night before. I don't want to forget them just because I assumed I'd remember them. Along with your packing list, also make sure that you're packing up early. Packing takes time, and if you're trying to pack the morning of your big trip, you're going to forget things even with a packing list. You'll sleep better when you're not worrying about what you have to pack the next day. So make a list and check it twice. 
Number two, drink more water. Keeping your brain hydrated is important, and even more so while we're traveling. There are a lot of factors that are going to dehydrate us while we're traveling, but the number one culprit is simply that we aren't going to remember that we need to be drinking water throughout the day. This is because when we're traveling, we are getting a lot more sensory input, and we're not getting all the cues that we are used to. It might seem unlikely that we'd forget something as important as drinking water, but it happens to me regularly enough when I'm at home to know that I need to take extra care while I'm traveling. While I'd like to rely on my thirst mechanism to make sure I'm drinking enough water, I still find myself forgetting until I'm really thirsty. To help combat this, I pack extra water with me when I go to work, and I try and leave a bottle on my desk in sight. Just seeing the water often cues me to take a sip and hydrate myself throughout the day. But when I'm traveling, I don't have the luxury of leaving a water bottle in front of me all day. Not to mention, I can't bring liquids through security. To help with my water cues, I now use an app called WaterMinder. The app allows me to set what my water goals are for the day and will periodically give me notifications to remind me to drink some water and input how much I've already had. I love using this app because it integrates so well with my Apple Watch, which means I can easily update what I've been drinking without getting my phone out. This is one of the few apps I actually allow to give me notifications because I've become increasingly aware of how important hydration is for keeping your brain running smoothly. And when you're traveling, it's doubly important because there are just so many factors that are going to dehydrate you. Number three, bring a fidget toy for downtime. Fidgets are great for when you need to pay attention, but your mind wants to wander to something else. When you are traveling, there tends to be a lot of times that are between things, that are pretty boring, but also important to be paying at least a little attention. For example, if your plane is getting ready to board, you may just be sitting there waiting, and you're tempted to just do something on your phone, and while you are scrolling through social media, you hear an announcement. But by the time you break your concentration, the announcement is over, and all you're left with is knowing that they said something, but not what they actually said. Fidgets are great for keeping your mind just a little bit occupied, and you can generally play with one while listening to something else and still be focused on what they're saying. I actually really like using fidgets for things like watching YouTube videos where I might be enjoying the content, but have trouble just sitting still and watching. With a fidget in my hands, it's a lot harder for me to click over to a new window and be sucked into something else. Right now, my favorite fidget is an infinity cube, which is just a set of eight hinged blocks that are connected, and then you can fold it over and over again. I love that I can do it with one hand or two. It takes almost no concentration for me to do. Whereas things like fidget spinners have been awful for me because they draw just too much of my attention away from what I'm doing. I've also liked things like fidget cubes, tangles, and those little mesh tubey things with the marbles inside. Those are great. There are a ton of fidget toys out there, and they can be great for calming yourself down. You just need to find the right one for you. Number four, avoid overbooking yourself and schedule breaks. One of the easiest things to forget when we're traveling is that we only have so much time in a day. We get to a new place and we want to do all of the things. But the thing is, we need downtime as well. If we're trying to run full steam all day every day of our trip, we're going to burn ourselves out and feel like we're going to need a vacation from our vacation when we get home. And just a side note here, it isn't a bad idea to try and schedule yourself an off day to transition back from a trip. The first thing to keep in mind is to actually plan out your days when you're traveling. I'm not asking you to schedule every minute of the day, but make sure you're asking yourself, what are the things you want to do most? Make sure those things get on your schedule first, and then plan out when you're going to be taking breaks throughout the day. Don't assume that you'll just get your downtime in at the end of the day. Have planned downtime throughout the day and after all your big activities. 
make sure you are also including when you're going to be eating in your plan as well. I have enough trouble remembering to eat when I'm at home. When I'm traveling, it is easy to forget that my body runs off of food, so I'll find myself starving at the airport trying to sustain my body off a jumble bag of M&Ms. While it's okay to eat some junk food, you also want to be making sure that you are fueling your body with good foods, because you're already putting enough stress on your body by traveling. You don't need to add three days of only fast food on top of it. And don't forget, ADHD makes transitions harder. It's important to make sure you're giving yourself more time to get through things. When you are traveling, you can throw out all your assumptions about how long things are going to take and just assume that everything is going to take longer to do. Travel is all about transitions, so the entire thing is going to take a lot more out of you, and even things like showering and getting dressed are probably going to take you a little longer to do. Number 5. Get Comfortable I'm 6'1", so generally, traveling is a fairly uncomfortable experience for me. I'm just a little too big to fit in a lot of places comfortably, let alone sit in them for hours on end. But I try to make up for this by making sure the rest of my travel experience is a comfortable one. This starts off with making sure what I'm wearing is going to be comfortable for the trip. Make sure you are layering as well. It always feels like I'm going from an extremely hot environment to a cold one and then back to a hot one. Being able to just take on or off a jacket on a plane goes a long way to making it a lot more comfortable. I would also recommend a good pair of noise-canceling headphones. Planes are loud, and being able to tune out some of that will make your trip a lot more pleasant. Along with your headphones, having an eye mask can make it a lot easier to get a little bit of rest on an airplane. I haven't been able to actually fall asleep on an airplane in years, but just being able to close my eyes and shut out all the noise has helped make it a lot more relaxed on longer flights. And then when you actually get where you're going, sleep is one of the most important factors for managing your ADHD. If you want to have a great trip, you're going to want to be getting good sleep. But you're not always put in the most ideal environment for getting good sleep. What I need for good sleep is a room that is dark and quiet. Some hotels have great blackout curtains, but you might not be staying at a place that has really dark rooms. I remember one time where my wife and I were staying in a cabin and it had a skylight directly over the bed. It was summer and our room was completely lit up by 6am. From that experience, my wife and I have learned about travel blackout curtains that can attach to a window with suction cups. These have been great for keeping the room dark for our kids. Along with the blackout curtains, I also bring a small roll of black electrical tape to put over any blinking lights that are in the room. I appreciate that smoke detectors are keeping me safe, but I don't need a blinking LED every 30 seconds to let me know it's still working. And for the quiet side of things, I like having a sound machine. So it's not quiet quiet, but it does drown out all the other noise that might wake me up. There are a ton of apps out there that you can get from your phone that have very sound machine effects on them, or you can get a small travel sound machine. I have a machine for both my kids, and they are great at keeping them from waking from sudden noises, like me falling over a chair because I didn't know the layout of the hotel room. Number 6. Be mindful of traveling with your medication. I haven't talked a lot about medication on this show, but it's definitely something that is really important for a lot of people, including me, for managing their ADHD. While I'm hesitant to talk too much about medication because I'm not a doctor, I will say that if you are on medication and you are traveling, your trip will go more smoothly if you stay on your medication. But traveling with your medication can be tricky. Many ADHD medications are controlled substances, which means that if you are stopped for any reason while you are traveling, including at airport security, you could receive much heavier scrutiny about why you have those medications with you. But if you stick to a few general guidelines, you should be fine traveling with your medication. And just a quick note here, I am focusing on travel within the United States. If you are in another country or traveling to another country, please be sure to know what those laws are before traveling with your medication. So, 
Here are some quick tips for traveling with your medication. First, be sure that you have enough medication for your entire trip well before your trip happens. You aren't going to want to run out while you are out of town, and you don't want to be trying to refill your prescription the day before your trip. Next, make sure you are the one carrying your medication and that it is in its original prescription bottle. In some states, you can be charged with possession of a controlled substance if the medication is not in its original prescription bottle with your name or your child's name on it. If you are worried about it, it would also be a good idea to have a copy of your most recent prescription with you. If you are flying, you'll want to make sure that your medication is in your carry-on bag to reduce chances of it being lost or stolen. And make sure you are using common sense when you're storing your medication wherever you are staying. Unfortunately, some people use ADHD medication as a recreational drug. You don't need your sketchy cousin trying to borrow just a couple of pills when you're not looking. Keep your meds put away and out of sight for when you're not using them. Number 7. Take advantage of your apps. Our smartphones have become one of the best ways we can help manage our ADHD when we are traveling. For all the negatives you hear about our tech overuse, there are a lot of great things our phones can do to make our lives easier. Most airlines offer reminders about your flight, either through their app or just regular text messages that you can sign up for when you buy your tickets. Not only will you get reminders about your flight, but if there are delays or changes to your flight, you'll be notified. We can also use our smartphones to hold a lot of documents we might need while we are traveling. I've talked a lot about Evernote on the show already, which is an app I use for all my note-taking, and I've got a folder on Evernote labeled Travel that I drop all of my travel documents into. So I'll have hotel and car reservations in there, as well as my itinerary and travel confirmation. You can also keep your boarding passes on your phone with Wallet on iOS and Passes on Android. Having all these documents in one place makes it so much easier when I need to check them as I'm traveling, and having them on my phone means I'm not leaving them behind. Well, unless I lose my phone, but that's just another issue in itself. And one note I'll make about being reliant on your smartphone, make sure you have it charged up. I have a power bank that allows me to plug in and charge my phone on the go, and these have really come down in price the last few years. You know, mostly because they are super popular with Pokemon Go players. But they have been one of the best things I have started traveling with. I can't tell you how many times I've forgotten to charge my phone for one reason or another and had one of these power banks save me. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's go through today's tips one more time. 1. Make a list and check it twice. 2. Drink more water. 3. Bring a fidget toy for downtime. 4. Avoid overbooking yourself and schedule breaks. 5. Get comfortable. 6. Be mindful of traveling with your medication. 7. Take advantage of your apps. That's it for this episode. Check back next week when we'll be looking at more ways we can work with our ADHD. You can find show notes for this episode at hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash travel hacks. When you have ADHD, you are part of a tribe. And if you got something out of this episode, please share it with your tribe members that you think might also benefit from hearing it. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast player you use. Get new episodes automatically downloaded into your podcast player every Monday by clicking subscribe. If you can't get enough things ADHD, then check out the other podcasts in the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, and ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan. One of the best ways you can manage your ADHD is by connecting with others, so be sure to check out our social channels on Facebook at facebook.com slash hackingyouradhd, and on Instagram and Twitter at hackingyouradhd. 
or you can get me directly at hackingyouradhd.com. Be sure to reach out and let me know how you are hacking your ADHD. And until next time, stay focused.